Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fighting in Harmony, a Lancer campaign. Where we last left off, the vanguard of the revolution challenged the mighty Ericles Zephzios to single-ish combat. You all were piloting your mechs. He was piloting all of his mechs, seriously. And while the fight was on the grueling side, you did, in the end, succeed and win Ericles's undying respect and his willingness to accept orders and not just give them. With that, you have one more major warlord in the islands of a base to convince, to win over in one way or another. But before then, if there is any further interactions you want to do with Ericles, now that you are out of combat mode, this would be the time to do it. So we did kind of jump to the point where we had already interacted with him and agreed to enter into this contest. So who, what, what kind of impression did we get from him? I know we were told by Peter Palemos that he is the hugest dude who thinks he is the hottest shit, but did we get any sort of read on him beyond that? Well, I believe I mentioned this in the last session, but you did find him sitting on a giant throne made of scrap that had an impression on you and everyone who was close to him physically you have no idea about their relationship status but all of them basically acted as hype people for Heracles like whatever he said they punctuated it with an oh <laughs> he had his own Greek chorus no, the Greek chorus commentates. A biased chorus. You know that one meme clip of everybody going, oh! Yes, yes. Destroyed this entire man's life. Destroyed this man's whole career. Yeah, that's what he's got. He doesn't have a Greek chorus, he's got a squad. Fight men. <laughs> all right, all right. For all that, they certainly seemed honestly enthusiastic from what uh, encounters you were or you had with them. Is a Greek chorus more analogous to like um, wrestling announcers? <laughs> a bit more, yeah. By God, as Zeus is my witness, that man is broken in half. <laughs> it was me, Ares! It was me! Oh, oh son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, from what I recall of my Greek plays, the Greek chorus doesn't really take sides so much as they're sort of the, uh, the person on the streets view of what's happening. Alrighty. So I'll, I'll say for my part that, uh, well, well, what and whomst he fights for is uh, rapidly shifting. Jean-Luc still considers himself to be a military man who admires military might and one dude ostensibly piloting three mechs uh, up until the very end there when Alan said, ah, ha, ha, fuck all of this and 
shot a gun so hard that it turned a giant robot and its defensive walls (laughs) into uh, (laughs) atomic ash. He was running our shit a little bit. So we've earned his respect. He's also earned mine. I shake his hand, congratulate him on a battle well fought. I will say this. Uh, he offers you the predator handshake. Yes. Uh, the bro grab. Is that the forearm clasp? Yes. The two giant meaty fists crossing one another. They start arm wrestling in midair. Not how arm wrestling works, but okay. <laughs> predator handshake gif. I forgot to turn caps lock off, so that was all in caps. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> I was going to say. Okay, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Give him <laughs> one of those. Congratulations on a victory well fought. I admit, I did fight with one hand tied behind my back. But eh, so did you, only bringing three people to take on the mighty Ericles Zephsios. <laughs> I got a kind of goofy smile on my face, like, hmm... Yeah, actually, honestly, he's probably correct, but... (laughs) Well, a battle well fought regardless. Indeed. And, uh, well, get me those parts as soon as you get the uh, infrastructure set up. Oh, what I could do with some of the latest gizmos they've got up there. Yes, well... Our campaign does not end with base. We have quite a good deal of fighting to do afterwards. We need to find more blood to spill. We will certainly have more targets to put in front of you. The worthy cause, I am sure. Only the worthiest. All right, you two. Let's go find Peter. Give him the good news. Right. All right. Seems like a good moment to star wipe back to Neonaxos. You do love a good star wipe. I'm just saying, I I would not mind a night with him. That is true of every man you have ever met, to my knowledge. Not every man. Not all of them. For instance, I would not touch Alan with a ten-foot pole. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Likely because he would rapidly touch you with several knives. Oh shit, now I'm actually kind of curious. No. (laughs) No. So I was going to walk in here saying congratulations, I'm sure you were successful, but now I have to ask, what the hell were you talking about? Connor can't keep it in his pants. I need to stop giving my characters voices that I can't do when I'm laughing and then putting them <laughs> in comedic situations. Because I want to say that uh, Connor is not a pig fucker. He wants to be fucked like a stuck pig. But I, I can't do that in my character voice because I'm smiling too hard. Well, I, I said all of that was your business when we uh, talked first and... Uh, uh, that, that is still true. You know, I'm kind of regretting uh, starting this dungeon in the first place. So, <laughs> Heracles, 
I've already heard the good news. You said we're ahead. Not that I ever doubted you. Yes, I'm sure. That's a neat little trick there he does, piloting three mechs remotely at once. Well, he does that for real. Yes, it turns out he does. There were no pilots inside of any of the three that he made us fight at the same time. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm definitely glad you're successful now. I had heard he could do something like that, some sort of trick. I think it's he uses some HPs. But uh, honestly, I thought they were just rumors. I mean, uh, you, you've you seen how his people are. They are fiercely loyal to him. I would not put it past them to make up uh, whatever shit spews out of his mouth and then magnify it a hundred times just to make him look even better. No, no, that, that was my impression at the beginning as well. But I have worked with an NHP previously, and I would not believe it capable of fighting as well as I do, much less as well as he does. Credit words, too. The man talks a lot of shit and seems to be able to back it up. Well, he's a warlord. You don't get too far in this uh, industry unless your bark is at least as good as your bite. Oh, wait, no, it's the other way around. Strike that. Reverse it. Yes, that. Uh, Delphian is not my first language. You're doing fantastic. Delphinian. So, I suppose that brings us round to Marina Takeri. Now, she, I don't wager, is going to challenge you to a fight or any sort of duel to prove your worth. That's not really how she measures value, from what I can tell. If you want to convince her, she's more the type that you'll have to bring your uh, receipts, your business plan, if you intend to get her to invest. Well, it's a good thing we saved her for last, then. I mean, now that Aliki's fleet is just uh, consuming itself like the great servant Robro, uh, you pretty much have whatever time you need in order to convince her. So, uh, you know, stick around here for as long as you think you need to. Head out when you want. Uh, I'll assign some men to escort you, but won't be terribly required, I don't think. They'll just be there to watch your back in case one of our lieutenants gets any sort of bright ideas. That can happen. Alright, well, if we're not in a giant rush, then probably take a day to spit shine all of our robots, do the necessary repairs, and... I don't know, check on Alan's spine. Oh, yeah, my spine. Oh, yeah, your spine. I legit forgot about that. <laughs> well, sadly, the actual recovery roll is going to be taking place during downtime. But until then, you can certainly diagnose the problem, note the issues, and make a plan for restorative surgery once you get back. If I, because uh, I have looked up the rules on this, and it is a role that Ape will be making, and then Colin or I or both, assuming we don't take burdens of our own, can 
contribute. Could I preemptively contribute by rolling patch? Mm. Just like increase the efficacy of Ape's recovery roll by, as you said, pre-diagnosing and setting up a, a plan. Just wanted to look it up for the official wording. PCs can forego their own healing to help someone else with theirs. If they do so, they don't get the free action to heal burdens, but the character they are helping fills in an additional segment of their burden clock. Yes. A PC can only benefit from the assistance of one other character at a time. Okay. It'll probably be me because, uh, spoilers, I intend to take the move that makes your recovery aid better on my level up. Well, but I would like to make it even better if Bobbin will allow it. I'm going to say that if you want to do it now before you've gotten your uh, bond power, then it would have to be under normal circumstances. If you if you want your new bond power that to help with this, then you should wait until you have it. I'm asking if I can double dip here. So the the bond power will let me heal, will let me fill in two clock segments, but I'm blanking on the exact vocabulary here, but when filling in clock segments, there's uh, more effective where you a roll will fill in one additional segment. I want to roll patch to create a scenario that will make it so that Ape's successful roll will fill in an additional segment. I think at this point we're kind of wandering far enough off the beaten path that we haven't trod in the first place that I am uh, a bit wary of handing out special things that for uh, mechanics we have not used yet. I'd like to at All least right. test the rules before testing how to change them. I mean, I, I will allow you to make a roll here and now, and it may have an effect on his ability to uh, cope with a new injury during this upcoming session, but uh, it would not fill in any of his segment clocks. Clock segments. Yeah, I don't, I don't expect anything to get filled in now regardless of how I roll. This would have an effect during the downtime. Right. This would be setting it up, not actually doing anything right now. Even with that in mind, I don't think I would allow it. But I will allow you to do something to improve his circumstances at the moment. Okay. Since you are dictating the terms here, you can tell me what the effect of my roll will be then. All right. Essentially, the one time when he would claim a difficulty in order to use his uh, burden and gain an experience point from doing so, he will not gain that difficulty. You are, in effect, preempting that with a free accuracy. Okay, that works. I accept this. What sort of role am I making here? Oh, patch is fine. Got no problem with patch. Right. I meant like, is it oh, the difficulty's risky? Is it heroic? Yeah. Well, it's a back injury and it is the second burden 
rather than the first one. So I'll I'll make it a difficult roll. You have a difficulty now. Set that up. And otherwise I'm attempting to just hit a ten. Yeah. Okie doke. Uh, real quick, double checking my stress count. It's at one, and I care about making this work, so I will push myself to get an accuracy and negate that difficulty. So just fire this one normally. That's 12. Good thing you negated it, because that dangerously close. Yeah, odds were not in my favor to succeed otherwise. All right. Well... You've gotten used to the array of medical instruments and automated systems on the Metal Star, and you find yourself somewhat at a loss to be going without them for such a serious injury. Alan is able to stand and walk, but uh, pretty much every action he takes that involves climbing out of bed right up to the moment where he climbs back in involves a lot of pain at the moment. Fun times. Oh, yes. You don't want to just foist some heavy-duty painkillers on him. Anything significant enough to help is also significantly addicting. And so you make do with a combination of massage techniques, uh, acupuncture, uh, a few other treatments that uh, have worked on you in the past, though admittedly for lesser injuries. But at the very least, Alan, you can say that the pain has subsided to a point that you would consider more endurable. Well, the pain has subsided to a point I can consider more endurable. <laughs> Best I can do with what I have on hand. Well, don't get me wrong, this still sucks immensely, but it's better, and I do appreciate that. As far as my contributions are, I'm contributing by not trying to actually help anything. So I'm sure if I touched anything, it would get broken even more. I appreciate you not putting your hands anywhere near me. I deeply, deeply appreciate that. He says, flashing the knives. <laughs> Alright, uh, so like real talk, I did actually pull a muscle in my back yesterday and this mm. kind of, yeah. Just putting a fucking coat on. Getting old kind of sucks. Getting old does suck. Yeah. None of you are getting old. You just need to do stretches more. <laughs> all you motherfuckers, all us motherfuckers are in our 30s. You just need to fucking do stretches on the regular. Yeah, probably. I have an excuse. My dad has a bad back. It's hereditary. Sooner or later, I'm going to institute fucking stretch breaks in these games. <laughs> going to set an hour stopwatch, and when it runs out, I'm going to say, all right, pause, everybody, stand up in your chair, and stretch for five minutes. That was an overlong diversion on my part. Yes, aside from tending to Alan's wounds and exploring new facets of the game mechanics... Are there any other ways in which you would like to prepare for your visits to Marina's Island? I guess just like, because he said bring receipts, so 
probably compiling progress reports on our three prior theaters so we can you know throw the manila envelope on her desk and have success stories fall everywhere right so i guess you'd like status updates on how the other places are doing at this point yeah i could do yeah i'm for bob and have to make a bunch of shit up real fast oh you say that like it's not an everyday thing <laughs> <laughs> So, first of all, back in Soprano, where you started, the fighting is still ongoing. There are definite pockets of resistance that have steadily grown thanks to the ready supply of heavy-duty armor and material, and gradually those pockets of resistance have managed to grow and connect with one another. Some more tenuously than others. In particular, the town of Los Rios has become a de facto capital of resistance soprano. And while the rebels are not yet in a state for which they are capable of fighting or bringing the fight to Gundertown directly, the uh, progress has, on the most part, been following the more optimistic projections. Over in Alto, the situation has, by all appearances, not changed much. The mud kickers have been officially disbanded, but most of the surviving members have re-entered the official treble military hegemony military. From what uh, Dimu has been able to pull from her spying network, those members of the Mudkickers have been reassigned off of Alto, which is good, and there have been no real retribution strikes against the resistance members in the forests. This is mostly because the resistance has been keeping itself quiet over this whole period. Under the leadership you provided for them, the main job of resistance has been to continue the underground railroad that they had set up earlier to essentially funnel refugees and war orphans and others too injured by resistance activities elsewhere to continue the fight and have them disappear into the forest to be no trouble to anyone for the foreseeable future. Finally, in Baritone, not much time has passed since you were there last, and so the situation has not changed in any significant way. True to his word, Agent Nil has paved the way so as to allow Jim and Alice to together administrate Baritone and true to their intentions first thing they have done is after reorganizing all of the work crews is send as many of them as they could spare up to the wind wall generators 
and get some damn maintenance done on them. You have noted that there have been a lot of changes in uh, fortunes amongst the nobility following this event. Such changes do seem to be ongoing, but at the moment, there does not seem to be any sort of cohesive narrative around when and why various nobles are rising and falling. At Demu's best guess, there is something of a shadow war going on between the factions. It would seem that while Agent Nil and the Subharmonics started something, the Or faction is certainly not going down without a fight. And they've got the money to drag that fight out. Please. What good is money if you can't use it to save your own ass? All right, understood. Uh, where did Johnny fuck off to again? What's he doing right now? He's dealing with a time knife. Somewhere we haven't been to. Okay, because he's like technically a fourth member. And we should probably be able to like point out. Also, there's this insane twerking idiot doing stuff over here. <laughs> yes. Reluctantly, he's with us. According to the message he passed along, he is in Tenor, which is a small Arctic continent, the fringes of which are barely habitable. And based on the contents of the message, it sounds like it is a place where political prisoners are being sent. Political prisoners that he and his terrorist crew are infiltrating to get the names of. Wow, why do I have a feeling we're going to be going to Tenor next? They are cutting the political prisoners out of history using the time knife. We must stop this. Okay, but Stalin just did that by liquidizing them. It was way more effective, I think. Or at least efficient. Okay, but Stalin didn't have a time knife. Fair. Fair. He did not have a time knife that we are aware of. Stalin didn't need a time knife. He had photo, edit photo editing. True. <laughs> In a way, isn't that the real time knife? Photoshop. Nature's time knife. <laughs> See, I was going to say Photoshop, and then I caught myself. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, Joseph Stalin did not have Photoshop. That we know of. But the time knife, it could he could have had anything. I've also just incidentally invented a new indie band. Please welcome to the stage, Joseph Stalin did not have Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Thought you were going to go with Stalinist Time Knife. <laughs> That's their rival band, right across the street. Okay, no, no, no. Stalin's Time Knife is the indie band, and then Joseph Stalin did not have Photoshop as Mumblecore. <laughs> Actually, that's just the episode of the. It's just the. That's this episode's title. Just out of just. No explanation. Just cut this entire bit out, but keep that as the title. Hmm. <laughs> well, you find yourself on one of those boats with the sort of skis that whose name I did not look up over the past few weeks. This is tradition. <laughs> and you approach an island that... At first, it looks like it has some sort of wall or fortification around it, but as you get closer, you realize it's not like a real 
defensive wall. It actually appears to be more of a breakwater. Well, it appears to be very new and artificial breakwater at that. One that turns the shore alongside the capital of the island into a harbor. Could I ask you to define what a breakwater is? Well, it's right there in the name. It breaks the flow of water so that... Kind of uh God, What's the word for them? Kind of caltrop-looking things? Big and made of concrete? Yeah. That's one way of doing it. But yes, it is essentially an artificial reef or sandbar that you build up along one side basically into the water beyond the edge of a... well, wherever you want to build it, honestly. And... What it does is it breaks up the tide, breaks up the undertow, breaks up the ocean currents so that there is a peaceful place where boats and ships can safely rest without having to worry about being washed out to sea. It is an artificial harbor. It is what allows an artificial harbor to exist. Got it. And very often it is expensive. It requires the movement of a vast quantity of solid mass into the ocean and in a very strategic location so as to protect the harbor without getting in the way of any of the ships that might want to use it. With that in mind, it also has a shiny new lighthouse right at the tip of the breakwater which based on your own uh, boats controls also comes equipped with a handy GPS signal as for names the island is Andros and the town that you are approaching is Mycenae according to what Peter Palemos told you before you left Mycenae was at one point just this backwater fishing village, but after Marina washed up ashore and turned it into her new capital, she so vastly reversed its fortunes that she was able to install the new breakwater and rapidly increase both the town size and its importance to the shipping lanes of base. You spot more than one patrol boat on your way in, for that matter, but having arranged your visit under the flag of truce, you are neither challenged nor fired upon as you make your way to the smaller side of the docks that's designed for boats like yours. Hello, Miss Marina. We would like to bring a pig fucker yacht directly up to your front door. It's for peace purposes. I promise. Don't blow us up. Peaceful pig fucking only. Well, that sort of first impression is why Peter sent you in the speedboat instead. <laughs> yeah. As it is, the impression you get from the town is that of extreme newness as well 
A lot of the houses appear to be in the middle of construction, and there's this core of ancient architecture that has now been completely surrounded by this explosion of newer construction that appears not so much to have been built so much as to have overflowed from the center of the city and flooded the rocky island beyond it. And while, like the other islands of base, the interior is a rainforest, a significant part of it appears to have been cut down for the sake of building materials. Out of curiosity, when you say extreme newness, like what sort of time frame are we looking for? Or I guess looking at? The central buildings of the town, Messenia, appear old enough that if you push them hard enough, they would fall over. The buildings beyond this inner core look new enough that if you push them, your hand would come away sticky with paint. Hmm. Got it. All right. Well, have we been told where the big lady sits? Told no, but you are met at the dock by a... Uh, well, welcoming party would be the nice way of putting it, considering all of them have weapons. But only some of them are drawn. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them are pointed at you. Take it. Good, good. Glad to hear it. As it is, the man in the front looks you over and says, You are here from Peter Palemos? Nudge. Connor into the front. We certainly are. And you are here to discuss the meeting of the miners. That is also correct. Very well. The lady Marina Tekeri does not wish to waste your or hers time. We have accommodations for you, but you will see them after meeting with her. Follow me. Sounds perfect. Do not stray, or we will shoot. Wouldn't expect any less. We don't wish to waste your or her time, so fuck off the answers now. <laughs> Connor will at least follow them and not stray. Connor likes all the bullets where they currently are, a.k.a. not inside of him. For once. I don't think Connor's been shot except inside of his mech, and that's different. Well, keep it up. We'll fix that. I'm making yet another sex joke. Oh, as fuck. I'm also going to follow along without wandering off. I will keep my ears open, chatter amongst the locals, assuming they are speaking in Delphinian. Not uniformly, but I would allow you to roll word on the street. Once again, this will be with difficulty, though, between the semi-existent language barrier and the fact that you are being hustled to a destination. That's absolutely fair. I don't know how I would help to, to give you a dice to negate that difficulty. I'll tell you straight up, this is not going to be the make-or-break roll of the evening. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't expect it to be. 
which is why I'm fine with getting a one as the result. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Is that the lowest we've ever gotten, or is that... Or have we I think we've hit before? a negative at some point. I think we have actually hit a negative in this game. Okay. Yeah, that's a three on the d20, a four on the d6, and a plus two for a total of a minus one. Plus one. Plus one. It's not a good roll. No. I give up on it extremely quickly because the language barrier keeps... I, I'm trying to listen through it and it's causing me to slow down and the rest of the group gets just enough ahead of me that like somebody turns around and begins to raise a gun and I'm like oh okay I'm done doing this hustle 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 they don't raise the gun first the person leading the party does turn to you as soon as he notices you hesitating and just with a glare reminds you that you don't have time to waste Stay with the group. There are no refunds on this door. The building you are brought to reminds you a lot of the multi-story home that Peter has taken as his headquarters back on Neonaxos. It appears to be a fairly large building, one of the old ones in town rather than the new ones but one that has seen a significant amount of refurbishment and refits to the point where it appears to be one of the newer buildings, but between the moss on the roof tiles and the fact that it is positioned within old Messenia, it's easy enough to tell that this was one of the old buildings. Based on how grand it is compared to the ones that surround it, it might have been the original mayor's abode, assuming they had such a thing, or brought inside into what appears to be some sort of sitting room or meeting room. A fairly opulent in its decorations and furnishings, but informal in its lack of a central table and fairly comfortable chairs that are situated in a rough oval. Sitting in what is clearly the fanciest chair would have to be Marina herself, who, as you have been told, does appear to be older than what you would expect from someone called a warlord. She isn't what you might call grandmother old but you can see the weight of the years and the lines on her face the crow's feet at the corners of her eyes and at the gray color of her hair although the slight tint to it makes you think that she might dye it to at least make it all uniform it is currently held in a tight bun by a couple of long hair sticks and as she sees you enter she says you must forgive me for not standing up as you arrive I'm afraid my back isn't what it used to be hmm. have you considered doing more stretches <laughs> shut up well I wasn't going to say the smart ass remark though I did strongly consider it 
So I am kind of glad somebody beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfectly fine. Well, by all means, take seats yourselves. I imagine we'll be talking for a considerable length of time. Would you prefer any sort of refreshments? I have tea, coffee as well. I'll have coffee. Coffee sounds lovely. Coffee all around, then. Very well. See to it, dear. Thank you. So, you are the ones that dear Peter so eloquently describes as the invading pig fuckers. Yes, he seems to like to say that a lot. Oh, yes. Peter in particular does seem to enjoy the filthier parts of language. I've noticed that. Both that of Delphi and that of Vase. But I have not brought you here to speak with you in person because of what he has to offer. I'm already quite aware of what he has to offer, and you must forgive me for saying so. It is not very substantial. But what he does have is a way with words, those which are not quite so crass. Clearly, since he has managed to win you over into supporting his cause. I don't say it, but I think, well, it was mostly that he was the first person we ran into. <laughs> well, no, Demu did arrange everything. But uh, seeing as that was made out of character, she continues. And so, while Peter is the devil I know, you are very much the devil I don't. So by all means, elucidate. Who are you? What are you planning to do here? What are your plans for base in general? And furthermore, what are your plans for the rest of the planet? Uh, at this point, I will allow Jean-Luc to talk because uh, Jean-Luc seems to be our tactician and would have a better idea of exactly what's going on. Real quick, I do want to ask, because we've been told, you know, she washed up here. It is unclear if she is actually of Basian origin or not. Can I place her accent? Triple. Okay. Oh. She does speak Delphian with a treble accent. It's not clear to you whether that's because she was very well trained in treble as a language, or if that means her, she's a native of the uh, continent. Got it, got it. Okay, so the list of questions are... first one she said is here. Does that mean on the island of Mycenae, or the island archipelago? because she then immediately followed up by asking about base. Well, in order, the questions were, who are you? What are your plans here? As in, plans for her, basically. And then, what are your plans for base in general? And then, what are your plans for the planet? Okay. <sighs> so, well, in order. I fold my arms and I lean back in my chair, and then I lean forward and I turn to the other two. How do we not have a formal name yet? We're on our fourth theater, and we do not have a formal organization name. That 
is hmm. true. We don't have one. I think Johnny came up with an, one that we all rejected immediately. We are an, a yet unnamed band of free agents looking to dismantle the hegemony's control of the planet of Delphi. As I just said, we are on our fourth theater. We began in Soprano, and then we moved on to Alto, then Baritone, and now we are here. As for what we want with you here now, we are trying to consolidate the local anti-hegemony forces because our plans for base are to, well, not kill him, because that will unfortunately create far more problems than it's worth. But we are looking to have Lord Jason Mendelev leave the archipelago and not return. And she nods as you specify this. And to take as many hegemonic forces with him as we can manage and then to set up all of the native forces with enough arms and armor to finish the job we are not looking to get stuck in here we're not looking to become a war effort unto ourselves we are the opening salvo we are the spark our greater aims, as I said, are to dismantle the entirety of the hegemony, and we have decided that a significant part of that, at least as far as our ultimate plans of entering treble, are going to have to feature stretching their forces so thin that it creates an opening, and that means we need to get as many theaters started as quickly as possible. So, once we are done here, once we have removed Mendelev and set all of you up to continue and finish the work, we do intend to move on to wherever our fourth has gone off to, most likely. And around this point, the assistant that Marina gestured to comes back and you note that she makes a point of bringing the pot of coffee with her, of filling every cup in view of everyone present, and handing Marina's cup to her first, so that she can sip it before you have a chance to. Well, that don't mean shit. I've seen those trick pots. <laughs> I've been on the internet. The pot is glass. Okay. Okay. Of course, the real trick is to put a substance and line some of the cups with it. Yes, <laughs> put it inside <laughs> the cups. You've heard of salting the rim. Well, what if it was cyanide salt? <laughs> Still be better than uh, Old Bay. That would work on Connor. <laughs> actually, if the coffee is being served black, then a little bit of salt would actually be fine. Before the tray is removed, you do have a chance to pour out a little milk or grab a couple sugar cubes. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Connor does not drink his coffee black. Uh, I like a cold blue black sometimes, but 
I generally like like a little bit of cream and sugar in my coffee as well. So, for her part, Marina takes her coffee black, and uh, after sipping it for a moment, mentally mulling over your words, she finally speaks up by saying, "So, you are the revolution, but." Not in its entirety, so much as you are its vanguard. I nod in agreement. That's what we were calling ourselves, the vanguard. That's what Bobbin's been calling us in the recap. Yeah. This might be a good origin for it, though. For us to legit start calling ourselves it. Yeah. Name is up to you. I just went with something because I couldn't say nothing. I definitely, like, looked up the name of the tip of the spear at some point in like another language and then forgot about it by the time it came up next maybe you can settle that by the end of the session but for now marina is still talking or we could just call ourselves the pointy end (laughs) the pointy end of the revolution now that's a sex joke (laughs) (laughs) that's a sex joke and an indie band But you say that your purpose here is to primarily supply us with arms and armaments. And so you must understand my next question. Where are they coming from? Who is your supplier and what do they expect in return? Turn to look directly at Connor and make very strong eye contact. I don't know if there's a word for pursing your lips inverted. No, when you bring your lips between your teeth. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Sucking on your lips? There's a word for the motion. I don't know it, but I do do it at Connor. Yeah. Body language of do not. (laughs) The the body language of, hmm, this is an uncomfortable question. How do we answer it? Because you and I aren't happy with the answer. Yeah. Should we rip the band-aid off and just tell them the truth? I feel like our supplier is a sentient spaceship. Isn't going to go super great. I'm not going to allow you to collude in this moment. You are right in front of her. In character, this has been weighing on your minds. If you conspire in this moment, she will overhear you. Yeah. Yeah. We are in the same room. There, there's no way we're having secret conversations. The arrested development joke of the narration taking place in real time. <sighs> okay, no. I'm going to rip the band-aid off on this, and I have good reason for it, I think. Okay, okay. Also, I don't have to tell them a talking spaceship. They know what NHPs are. Our supplier is not of Delphi. It's not exactly. There's a... I, I gesture up at the ceiling, indicating the sky and what's beyond it, somewhat dismissively. A union of planets with people on it beyond ours. They have ideological objections to how the hegemony runs things on Delphi. They would see a change in leadership, a change in the form of leadership, 
And so they have uh, provided us with a significant complex of resources and manufacturing equipment and mech blueprints. Extremely large 3D printers, from what I can tell. To get all of this work done. It's all very impressive. It's all quite a sight to behold. As for what they want, well, this is something that I have had a conversation with one of my companions about. Some of them will certainly posture that they want this revolution for its own sake, but there are, our suppliers are multifaceted business organizations. And at least one that I've had significant dealings with is explicitly in the interest of selling weapons and profiting off of war and death. And I am not excited at the idea of them having access to this place. In fact, we're not even quite sure why they want this planet outside of the hegemony sucks. And you say that the Union is the primary mover and shaker behind this coalition of enterprises? I think the Union is the coalition. I think that is the name that they have for themselves. Well, not precisely. It's, uh, well, admittedly, it's the short version of the name, but the Union is a less of a coalition or confederacy and more of an actual legitimate uh, federated nation. At this point, Connor looks like he's gone from like just looking very serious to like, wait a minute, hold the fuck up! Yeah, uh, my <laughs> eyebrows go up and I lean mm -hmm. back. And I must say, I have heard about the uh, parochial nature of the education system on Treble, but to see it in action seems uh, honestly quite distressing. This was not a turn I was expecting this conversation to go. Having a limited or narrow outlook or scope. Okay. Thinking about it, it seems rather obvious that there must be other people not of Delphi on this planet, but, uh, well, there you go. For my part, my family likely never needed to know any of that. Hmm. That's quite a shame. I'm very interested in how you know any of it. Well, it's quite simple. People here on base have never fully lost touch with the outside galaxy or with the resources or education that were standardized back in the days when Delphi was part of the Union some 500 years ago. Admittedly, much has been lost or adapted or changed, but thankfully the Omninet connections have survived various, the more aggressive sort of warlord. And those that weren't were able to be rebuilt or re-imported at some expense. Fortunately, the new face of the Union is willing enough to provide simple and inexpensive supplies such as those when asked for. 
uh, if you were hypothesizing that I was born off-world, that would be a no. But here in base, you do not have to be born off-world to be aware of the worlds beyond. That does simplify things. Thinking it, but not saying it. That or that you're a lot younger than you look. <laughs> that does simplify things significantly. According to the NHP that is managing our project, the Union seeded a massive supply vessel on Delphi some hundreds of years ago. The three of us fell into it entirely by accident, and... I'm sorry, you, you will need to elucidate that a bit further. Fell into it. Mm. It was buried underneath. Where were we again? Doesn't matter. Was that Soprano? Yeah. Were we on Soprano? Yeah. We were involved in a military action on Soprano in a desert region, very sandy, and we, I, fell into a sinkhole. The two of us went to rescue them, and we all fell in. It's a titanic underground cavern in which this supply vessel had been sitting, waiting for willing locals. I nod uh, in acknowledgement of my use of the word locals to find it take up the flag. Curious. Although I do suppose that helps explain a few things. Sending a single supply ship however many years ago would be a relatively low cost to the Union. Presumably they have a powerful engine in order to fuel all of the manufacturing that would be required. Having accomplished that, uh, nothing further would be needed from them the many years to come. The NHP didn't exactly sit idle. In addition to material resources, we are also sitting on a rather significant amount of liquid money. Years and years and years of manipulating banks, stocks, so on. Build up the necessary war chest. An ingenious use of an NHP, I suppose. They are known to have much more patience than a human ever could. Assuming that their memories aren't fully wiped with each uh, reset, of course. Now it's my turn to think something and not say it, and that something is... explains how she puts up with Johnny so easily. Hmm. <laughs> She's got, like, a filter over Johnny whenever Johnny talks. It's like one of the parents from Peanuts. <laughs> no, it can't be that, because otherwise all of the tiny robots on base would be scrapped <laughs> by now. But even presuming that the Union's expenditure of resources was minimal on their part, and ancient the span of years I still must wonder at their motivations by the sound of things you have many suppositions nothing concrete have you bothered to ask this NHP what happens once the revolution concludes 
Hmm. I assumed I'd be dead by then. I have not. I have been of the mind that it would be wise to strengthen our position first. Before even hearing what their position is, knowledge is power, dear boy. Certainly, but there's a reason we came to speak to you last. We were told you were the most canny, and it would be wise to have a strong opening hand. And I do not say this to downplay any of your qualities, but if that's a wise tack to take with one local warlord, is, I think, still wise when dealing with a political conspiracy of multiple planets. And so what would be the takeaway? I don't understand what she's asking with that question. Honestly, I don't understand what you were stating with that statement. <laughs> you, you sort of wandered through a couple different points. I was drawing a comparison between the fact that we came to deal with her last because she was the the smartest and most canny is the word that I used of the three least killing you on sightest <laughs> the three warlords you know it wasn't she she's not the the nihilist and she's not the the meathead she would be the one who would be convinced by us being in a good position and so I wanted us to be in a good position before we came and spoke to her Likewise, I think it'd be a good idea if we were on a good position here on all of Delphi before we actually like walked into Demu's server room and said, okay, so what comes after all of this? Because it would give us a degree of like bargaining power if all of the rebel forces were like actually starting to win. And then we can roll up and say, okay, all of this is a little bit dependent on us in particular. Please answer our questions. You are aware that there is a difference between asking for goals and negotiating those goals, yes? Certainly. And as it stands, by the sound of things, you are not aware of the ultimate cause for which you are currently fighting. And while I understand your position of strengthening your hold over the forces, that ultimately this NHP is in command of, thereby neutering this control, you do realize that, well, presumably by the sound of things, there was a great deal of preparation being done, but nothing actually concrete being accomplished. Were you not in your strongest position when you began, when you were the only three agents of the revolution? Personally, I was just jumping at the chance to give the hegemony a black eye. Hmm, okay. Does she know who I am and my present claim to the Harmonic Choir? Because uh, that actually does put me in a really powerful position because it means that 
potentially Moderno would be very interested in a conversation with me and I could just walk straight up to him and say, okay, here's the rebel base. Here's where all of the smaller bases are. Here's a list of their personnel, their supply lines. I could sell this whole operation out pretty hard, I think, pretty quickly. Yeah, but her point is that there would have been no operation even to sell if you had just said no. In our defense, there really wasn't a way out of that cave. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I said yes because, oh, these are the enemies of my country. Let's uh, find out what they're up to. And then it turned out that my country kind of uh, Fucking sucks. <laughs> and they played me like a damn fiddle. So, like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> And again, as stated, I just wanted to give the Empire a black eye. You know what, I'll, I'll actually tell her that. Well, at the outset, these were not my goals. I I don't think I've introduced myself. My name is Jean-Luc Armand from the military family, the Armands. And at the time that I fell into the Metal Star, my goals were not exactly negotiating my position, creating leverage. I didn't even fully understand my position, what I had found. At least I hadn't internalized it by the time it was too late. I was just looking for intelligence to feed back to Moderno. Hmm. I was just kind of looking. One of the guards who has remained in the room, visibly grips his weapon harder as you give voice to the name. Yeah. Ape, you were saying? Alan just kind of looking at John Luke as they say this. First time he's hearing it, too. <laughs> well, he knows who I am and who my family is, but yeah, that's, that's the first time I have said out loud what my original intentions were. And having said that and let the room absorb it, I now continue. Things have changed. I have a new view of how the hegemony is running things. And so my considerations are different. The window has passed for me where I could simply turn around and tell Demu is the name of our NHP. No. I don't want any part of this, or give me more information or I won't join. Now I don't have much of a choice beyond maneuvering myself into a position of being indispensable to her. Seeing the guard tense up, you do notice as Marina glances over in his direction and raises one hand slightly in a gesture of dismissal, he relaxes Again, having done that, she looks back at you and says, Well, I must admit, I was not expecting you, especially when discussing hands and card games, to lay out your entire hand on the table, as it were. Though I do appreciate the level of trust you've provided to me, under the circumstances, uh, we only having met just now, after all. 
though with that said, I should also admit that I am aware of who you are, Lord Armand. I have done my own research on you and your compatriots here. What information I was able to gather. A shame about your show, Mr. Elias, by the way. I only watched two episodes, but they were entertaining enough for a game show. That is about as much as I can ask for from someone as prestigious as you. The faintest praise by which to damn a man. <laughs> Flattery will get you nowhere. Fair enough. However, while you may, may be content to strengthen your position, uh, grab hold of what columns of power you're able to in order to negotiates the condition of the future state of Delphi, as it were. I'm afraid that I do not have such an inclination. I would wish to know precisely what shape the Union wishes Delphi to take in the future. And if you cannot provide me with such information, then by all means, bring me in touch with that NHP of yours, Demu, and I shall ask her myself I want to clarify, Bobbin. This this isn't a question we've had answered, and I'm just forgetting, is it? No, it's honestly been kind of frustrating. I have an answer for you. You never ask. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just a simple country <laughs> military boy. As stated, my own reasons are: I got handed a chance to hurt the hegemony. And I jumped on that and really haven't questioned anything because I have no reason to. And Connor is as dumb and as Connor a brick. <laughs> if you gave Connor and a brick the same multiple choice quiz, I'm pretty sure they would get the same score. You see Connor just like looking over the brick's shoulder. <laughs> uh, only just recently did I like become invested in the Vanguard's victory and likewise then is starting to consider what their victory would mean for the planet and I already don't like it I already really don't like the idea of fucking Harrison Armory having access to my planet and my people god Harrison Armory would be the fucking worst <sighs> I don't know too much about the setting out of character, but I think out of all of the factions that I am aware of, I think the trade baronies would be the best, would be our best bet, but we don't know about the trade baronies, I think, in character, so. So, yeah, just being told outright, either get me the answer to this question, or put me in touch with the person you would ask to get the answer so I can ask myself. It's an answer I also need to have because I am already beginning to have misgivings about what the post-victory state looks like. So, yeah, fucking... I already have an answer before she's finished the question, but I will perform considering it you know close my eyes fold my arms sit back in my chair 
Well, at the very least, I would like to know if Harrison Armory is going to have access to this place once we're done. So, it is certainly a question that at this point does need to be asked. If you are going to force my hand in the asking, then I will go do it myself. By all means, I believe I have a pull suite communication device upstairs, should you wish to use it. But if you feel that is not secure enough, and I would not blame you if you did, you may use whatever personal communication device you've brought with you out in the garden in the back. Do we have personal remote comms, or would those be on the yacht? Or I guess on the metal wing? I have previously established that there are basic cell phone or cell phone-like devices that everybody above the poverty line could can be expected to have. Right, but like secure comms. Well, communications using these devices can be made secure to at least some extent. And outside of that, you do have a number you can call in order to contact Dimu. Yeah, all right. And if she provided us with these cell phones, she probably modified their internal who's-its to be secure enough. At least when contacting her. Yeah. If we are allowed to call her on this cell phone, it's probably a safe cell phone. I'll finish my coffee and I won't say anything. As I get up, just nod at her. I'll tilt my head at the other two. We're gonna go outside. Yeah. The servant leads you down a hallway into the back garden. Thank you for the coffee. Don't thank me yet. This is but a pause in our conversation. The garden is fully walled off from the outside, but fairly small considering the grandness of the building. And for that matter, it appears to be put exclusively to practical use. You can see the lines of vegetables and the lines of herbs. A couple of small but heavy trees filled with uh, unripe fruit. I'm just going to like take a couple of minutes and stand in the garden, soak in a little bit of sun, breathe the sea air. Not gonna say anything unless somebody speaks to me first. So like I didn't think to ask because I'm me, but why didn't you two think to ask? I already said why. You were standing right there. Hmm. Did you or did you mentally check out? Did you have a dissociative episode? I did not know that was in character. <laughs> it, it was now. <laughs> it's like Connor just being like Oh, that's interesting, and we'll get right back to it right after this commercial break, and then stand stock still for like three minutes. Stop breathing. All the neurons stop firing, except for the ones that create the used car commercial music. <laughs> In his own. Fuck you, Delphi! Well then, in that case, I can't think of anything to say. Shocker. No, it's, it's it's shocking that Connor doesn't have anything to say. All right, well, if Alan also doesn't have anything to say, 
Jean-Luc will have his quiet moment. Alan's kind of like gingerly trying to sit down on a bench. <laughs> You're having trouble finding one. Oh. I'll turn around to the two of you as you're doing that. Do you, do you need help getting to the ground? I'm fine. I just have been standing for a bit. We were in chairs up there. She invited us to sit. Right. Fair enough. You know, with how Alan's back is right now, I wonder if he's pulling like Riker maneuvers to sit in <laughs> chairs. That's, <laughs> that's legit why Jonathan Franks did that. He pulled his back like moving shit and like it hurt a lot so it hurt a lot for him to like stand still for long periods of time and to like get into chairs normally so okay how do we have this conversation well you press a little button there and it calls demo not physically alan you just ask simple as that simple as that <sighs> to be fair as far as I can tell, Dimu hasn't lied to us once. Do we tell her that we want to know because Marina is asking? I mean, it seems to me that this archipelago knows that everything out there exists. So there's no reason why Dimu also wouldn't know that. So I don't think it would be a surprise to them. I mean... Connor's not wrong. If this island has outside access, then Demu surely also must know that outside access exists. And then you could just phrase the question as, hey, this person is asking for more information about the Union's plans for Delphi. What should we tell them? Real quick mechanical question. Do either of you possess dice for detecting lies? I don't think so. Remember, you're allowed to be creative with your use of terminology. I think I have a thing that, like, straight... One of my bond powers is like, hey, uh, you can't lie to me. I have read a situation. Never mind, I was thinking of... Masquerade? Yeah. Don't think you took Masquerade yet? No. I was thinking of one that I intend to take later, but haven't done yet. Right. Shit. Hell. Ass. Damn it. Piss. Alright. Calling Demu. She picks up after one ring. Ah. Hello, Jean-Luc. It is unusual for you to contact me in the middle of the mission. It's not just me, it's also Connor and Alan. Hello. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. It's actually afternoon where you are. Time difference. Yeah. Time zones. I don't correct her. That seems silly. Well, Demo, the long and short of it is that one of the local warlords is asking for information we simply don't have, but you can provide. Frankly, it's information we should have asked from you ages ago. So we're asking now. What are the Union's intentions for Delphi, assuming our victory? Well, that's really quite simple. We would like to induct you into the Union as a fellow member planet. But for that to happen, you are 
government needs to meet certain criteria. Democratic leadership, certain reforms in the economic sphere, and of course, adherence to the three utopian pillars. Oh, so it's NATO. Okay. <laughs> EU, actually. Hmm. I don't know if the EU has this clause, but I does know Nate. I do know NATO says you're not allowed to join if things are presently kind of fucking weird. Yeah, in your country, which is a lot reason why Ukraine Ukraine can't join was not considered until very recently yeah. this week. Okay, well. There are a few things there that I need further clarification on. I don't know what those pillars are, and I don't know what economic reforms you will require. The economic reforms are ultimately in service to the three pillars. They're quite broad in their description by design. We want them to be followed in the spirit of the wording rather than in the letter. Pillar one is all shall have their material needs fulfilled. There is such a thing as currency within the union, but it is not something that affects the daily lives of most of its members. Everyone, young and old, advantaged and disadvantaged, has access to a variety of materials and services that allows them to meet all of their needs from the most basic all the way up to the uh, top of the list the social and spiritual fulfillment that humans wish for if you were to want more than that that is where the realm of currency comes in Mana, I believe it is called in the periphery. Pillar two is no walls shall stand between worlds. Quite simply, all citizens of any planet shall be allowed free travel to any other planet within the Union. There shall be nothing preventing this migration in or out. And this does include space stations, incidentally, not just natural worlds, but artificial ones as well. Finally, the third pillar, no human shall be held in bondage through force, labor, or debt. And that can honestly be somewhat tricky to enact. There are certain mental conditions, uh, certain bad actions that do deserve punishment, even in the Union. Sometimes uh, taking away freedom is a valid form of punishment. In general, we do try and reform actions rather than restrict them and treat those with conditions rather than make them disappear. As for democracy, that's not one of the pillars, but it's really the only way to get a planet to actually enforce them. We've had a long time to study the various social experiments that cropped up on the various planets that humans have fallen onto through one means or another, and democracy is the only means by which equality can be enforced. Alan has written all of these down. 
Or at least transcribe them. You're very good at that. So, in short, the government of the hegemony needs to fall. The aristocracy of the hegemony needs to be stripped of their privileges. And the people of the hegemony must be allowed to have their voices heard. Inequality. Sean Luke is not a very politically educated person outside of military matters. Trying to think the extent to which I would have a problem with any of this. Definitely have a problem with free travel if it meant Harrison fucking Armory gets to show up on my planet. Yeah, we're being forthcoming today. I will voice that concern. How do you put it then? Just asking, does does the requirement of free travel between worlds, free access, mean that we have to allow people like Harrison Armory representatives onto Delphi? Oh, <laughs> uh, I can understand your concern, but know this. Harrison Armory styles itself as a corpo state, but it is only such when it desires good publicity. It is an empire in all other forms. Not only that, it is a foreign and a hostile empire at that. I did specify that free movement is only within the Union. And while Harrison Armory acts like a corporation within the Union, it is very much outside its borders. The Union has a dark history. At a time when the group called the Second Committee ruled and ruled with an iron fist. I believe that your planet actually came about in its first years during the era of the second committee and fell out of communication during the chaos of its fall as the third committee took power and restored the pillars of utopia. Hmm. Harrison Armory is the remnants of the Second Committee that fled from Union space, fought a war with the Union early on, and came to a rather hostile detente, which continues to this day. There are those among the Union who believe that war with Harrison Armory is not a question of if, but of when. So I would not consider that particular corpo state to be an example of a group able to freely move throughout the Union. So we can basically kick them out if we want. They are providing intellectual property which has been compensated. They have been allowed to provide you with inducements for your intellectual property which you have been fairly compensated for their connection to this endeavor begins and ends with that 
then Connor's single brain cell activates and say, hey, what about the monster factory that I've been working with? That would be an excellent question for me to ask if I had just not inhaled a fun-sized pack of M&Ms. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, no, you know, that, that's, that's, in, that's in character. <laughs> No, it's it, it's not a packet of fun-sized M&Ms. He saw one of the vegetables, the underripe vegetables, and thought, hey, I haven't had one of these in six and a half years. wonder if they still taste icky to me. Connor just eats an eggplant. Tastes like dirt. <laughs> Why do they make vegetables taste like dirt? That's an excellent question. Why do they make vegetables that taste like dirt? It's, um, it's covered in dirt. Yes. <laughs> because you have to wash them first. <laughs> what? No, fucked up. That implies Connor just yanked a carrot out of the ground and just start, started eating it. Yes. yes. Yeah, that, that's what I've been picturing. Anyway. And what about Horus? They make some interesting frames from the looks of things. Oh, yes. You have been in contact with Horus. Almost exclusively. In fact, legit exclusively. They are what they are. As far as anyone can understand, they are a loose collective of hackers, online activists, rogue scientists, all manner of individuals who have a collective goal. Although that goal, for the most part, is either causing chaos or protecting its members from the backlash of causing chaos. Hold the, hold the, hold the fuck up. Are you trying to tell me that Horus is fucking 4chan? <laughs> 4chan, if it was uh, populated more or less exclusively by runaway AIs. A pack of digital cyber psychos. Again, fortune. What the fuck was that name of the, uh, of DeadSec? DeadSec, I'm thinking from fucking Watch Dogs. Yeah. Uh, I would say 4chan before the fascists scared all the non-fascists away. Hmm. So, we're buying screaming baby mechs from the hacker known as 4chan. <laughs> but, to answer your question of their involvement... I have no idea what they want, or for that matter, how they managed to hack into my production centers in order to manufacture their particular mode of mechs. Yes, two times I've selected a mech, and two times they've come up and said, Hey, you've actually selected this mech. Now that I think of it, it's kind of disconcerting. Especially to me, yes. Hmm. This has convinced me that I'm just going to keep choosing uh, Horus mechs no matter what, just because like it's a fun little wrinkle for my character now. Oh, but then I won't get the White Butterfly, never mind. I've been looking forward to playing the White Monarch for a while. You want to play the British Royal Family? Oh, like they're the only White Monarchs. Jokes like that are more fun when Nam Tab is here. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like who else actually has like a monarchy that matters like at all. Uh, I guess Spain, I think Denmark. I think Japan 
technically still has a emperor. It's called the White Witch anyway, so. Funny thing about the Japanese emperor is that it's been a powerless title for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. The emperor is sort of in charge of the state religion because it's kind of Egypt-ish. Look, we, we just need 20 more men with doohickeys and that'll be <laughs> solved forever. But yes, to sum up, Horus is a enemy state, not even just a foreign state, but an enemy state that just pretends to be a friendly corporation sometimes. And uh, Horus is... Harrison Armory. Her yeah, Harrison Armory is that. And then Horus is a, uh, a network of hackers with strange and inscru sometimes inscrutable designs and intentions. Mystery Monster Funhouse Factory. They are not officially aligned with any state or government. So that means if they infect Delphi, it'll be her own damn fault. Probably. It means they probably already have. Alright, do we have any further questions for her? How have you been? <sighs> well, in human terms, a bit under, under the weather, been having trouble recalling the exact details of conversations. It's a bit odd. I'm running a diagnostic now. I'm sure it's just my time to get reset again. Should probably go do that early. See, I learned... Oh, I, I did get shot in the back, so when I get back to the Metal Star, I will probably want some sort of surgery to deal with that. Yes, I'll get the systems set up for that. I appreciate it. I am concerned about the computer person needing to be reset so she stops forgetting things. But I don't know how to have that conversation more so than the one that I'm having right now. So I'm going to let it ride. Marina did mention something about these uh, AIs been needing to be reset every once in a while. Yeah, I just kind of glossed over that bit of information. Demon herself said time to be reset, so presumably this is a routine problem and it's just like, I haven't shut my computer down in a while and things are starting to get a little fucky, so we'll do a hard restart. Hopefully that's all it is. Hopefully Demu's not cascading like a certain chef. Yeah, yeah, the ravency is a known concern. I think that's the third time I've gotten the reference marathon on this podcast. Or at least on this campaign. Thank you. I need to be turned off and off and on. <laughs> that's called sleep ape. <laughs> it is, in fact, called sleep. Hate sleep. You have to eat your vegetables going to sleep in order to have your candy being awake and doing fun stuff. I don't wanna. I just wanna be awake. Okay, okay. Let's let's get back on it. So that's my concern about Harrison Armory addressed, at least on its face. I have no way of knowing if she is being completely honest and upfront with me, but until I can find an alternate source of information, I'm going to have to 
assume she is, and just keep the possibility in the back of my mind. And she has also answered the question, what does the union want? And she's done it with vocabulary that we can just give to Marina. And since she has fucking Omninet and knows a whole bunch of shit, she'll probably understand it with a lot less explanation than we needed. So on the Harrison Armory concern, you could at least ask Marina if, like, hey, is the Harrison Armory not part of the Union? That would at least be two different sources. Whether or not you can trust those sources is still up in the air, but it's two different sources. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the information that we needed to get has been gathered, so we can... I'm done talking with her for now. Yes, same. Yeah. Well, Alrighty. Good luck with that. One small little question, actually, that just occurred to me. Has Demu ever heard of somebody remote controlling three mechs at once? <laughs> to be honest, I am mostly trained on the logistics end of waging war, and I was born, as it were, when the Metal Star was sent to Delphi. So I cannot say that I have personal experience with such a thing, but I suppose if you were to extremely simplify the controls of the mechs and rely heavily on CompCon or perhaps NHPs to do the detail work would be possible. Hmm. Okay. I'm just wondering if that's something that has happened, or at least it happens outside of Delphi. Well, it's certainly not a regular occurrence, but I suppose there might be some planet somewhere where such a thing has become some sort of drone sport, robot war. I was just asking because, like, well, this, okay, out of character, I was just asking because presumably Hercules also has access to the Omni-Net, so I was wondering if he was fucking around with any off-planet tech. He could be, but even an NHP doesn't know everything about everything. Yeah, just worth a shot. End of question. Alright, say goodbye, head on back upstairs. All right. Uh, since you've been gone. I don't know any other lines to that song. <laughs> since you've been gone. I've been freed for the first time. Okay. Well, I'm Thank you. a different song. Okay. Well, since you've been gone, Marina seems to have switched to some kind of dark tea. But aside from that, is in the position... I'm going to say hard liquor. <laughs> well, you don't get close enough to sniff and find out. But she is otherwise in the position you left her. Gestures for the chairs that you had vacated. Good news, I trust. Well, we have an answer, at least. At least according to our NHP, the goal is post-victory to have Delphi inducted into the Union. With all that entails. Yeah, I imagine that will the uh, overnight process. Didn't sound like it. But it is perhaps one worth pursuing. 
assuming of course that the union has no further perhaps illicit interest in the planet though admittedly if they committed a relative scarcity of their resources to this effort and asked us to perform the greater part of the deeds ourselves if they do have any sort of underhanded motivations then they do not seem to be at all hurried i don't know what sort of natural resources this planet would have for exploitation at least above and beyond what they already have to have access to perhaps as you say that could be a point we can use to uh, strengthen our hand against the union should we requirement and speaking of which i suppose you having laid out your demands and plans to me that i should do similar peter palamos's position as the leader of this present insurgency revolution whatever name we end up calling it in the future at present that works for me but in the future i would like more leeway in choosing the leadership of base one that does not involve killing the current ruler and waging war against their faction quite destructive you understand a cycle of violence that suits no one I believe a democracy would allow for the accession of leaders through non-violent means and I would like to at least attempt its introduction perhaps starting at a small scale on the islands of base and working upwards from there and I would like the help of you and your resources in accomplishing this goal with the understanding that at some point Peter Palamos may object strenuously to the idea of relinquishing leadership and that removing him through whatever means are necessitated shall be accomplished you want to found a non-violent representative government and you are willing to straight murder the leader of the present political party he has a problem with it. You make it sound unusual. <laughs> I recognize the necessity <laughs> and also the irony. Some days you're the fucker, some days you're the pig. Some days you're King James, some days you're the parliament. Another moment where I wish Namtab was here. It's just how fucking weird it is that England has House of the Lords and a House of the Commons. Like they use the word commons. They're just the common people. I suppose we have to give them a voice. Actually, the, the term House of Commons referred to the common nobles. <laughs> oh, that's, that's better. That's worse. so much better. A hundred percent of the male population of the United Kingdom was not allowed to vote until after World War I. was our track record on that earlier but uh with a few bumps along the way yeah yeah i don't think 100 percent of the male population was allowed to vote until uh the 
That's, yeah, also until after, after World War. Yeah. Well, freed black men were able to vote before Reconstruction. Yeah, right up until... And before the Civil War. Southern politicians figured out if they point at the minority populations hard enough, they get elected. Mm. That went great for us. Alright, so she wants a democratic government with a non-violent a non-violent means of passing power between leaders. That's basically what the union is already asking for, and if we are going to acquiesce to their post-war demands, then why not already have something functional going for the rest of the planet to look at? Uh, all we have to do is sign up to be willing to put a knife in Peter's back if it comes to it, which... Eh, I mean, he doesn't exactly strike me as a bad guy, but also, you, you can only get called a pig fucker so many times before it loses his shine. Yeah. I like the guy, but... At some point, you gotta be like, dude, I get it, but also, calm the fuck down. He is, if nothing else, very okay with the present warlord kills his enemies to take control system of government. Yeah, PvP form of government. Wouldn't it be PvE? No, it would be PvP. No. That's right. Yeah. We decide our political leaders via IRO games of Fortnite. <laughs> Whoever can do the gritty the, uh, the best is president. Dan Brokaw here, and I'd like to <laughs> an up update on the upcoming election as Donald Trump has just wiped out Tomato Town. <laughs> Oh my god, Biden's going to Tilted to Towers! Christ. I regret saying Fortnite. I only know <laughs> Tilted to Towers, and I only know it from the Sonic the 06 fandom. I'll... <sighs> Fuck it, I'll agree. I'll... Yeah. I'll agree to her request. I don't... I don't see a reason why we wouldn't want... We wouldn't, so... Sure. I am basically already, like, dick deep in the project of dismantling my home state's nobility. So, uh, why not... I love dismantling nobility. Why not give something else a chance? And we also have hella military power, so we could use it to kill exactly one guy if it's necessary. Exactly one guy. Precisely one guy <laughs> and no more. As easy as that. And with this further deal in the dark made this dice rolling light session of the game comes to a conclusion and next time I believe we are going to put those amphibious upgrades on your mechs to good use as you live up to your possibly assigned now name of Vanguard of the Revolution and join the fight in an assault on the main island of base. Today's episode, a conversation with an older woman. Tomorrow, murder. Yeah. Mortal combat. Hours and hours of killing men. Something I enjoy about Lancer is the variety you can have. <laughs> 
Speaking of variety, what various actions do you think you have uh, performed to gain experience this time? Ah, yes. Okay. Titan's major ideals. Did I address a challenge with strength, leadership, or force? Considering the nature of the session, I would consider mental strength to be an option. Yeah. Colin did basically say, all right, fucking take the floor. And I said, all right, I'll take the floor. And I did a lot of talking, played a lot of shit out. Yeah. There are times when Connor talking is correct, which is most of the times. But then there's like, <laughs> there's the person who says, okay, what is your tactical plan? And Connor's like, hmm, let's let the person who does the tactical thinking do the talking. This was more a strategic discussion, but yeah. Operational, even. So with that cleared, I'm at 8 out of 8, so the rest of these questions are academic, but I'll go through them anyway. Did I express my heritage, backgrounds, or beliefs through my actions? Not really my actions, just my words. There wasn't a lot of actioning here. Yeah, again, considering the nature of this session, words count this time. Alright. Well, I did straight up own up to being a member of a significant military family, semi-significant, and uh, just say, hey, this uh, this operation I'm presently a part of, I was originally looking to burn it down. Now I'm not, so... Maybe not a significant military family, but definitely a significantly military family. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't think I struggled with issues from my background because I just, I laid them out. There was very little hesitance in just saying where I'm coming from. The struggling happened beforehand. Uh, and I definitely did not take harm, blame, penance, or burden in place of another. So no minor ideal. That's fine. I'm an eight out of eight. Also, Nobody performed any extraordinary or inspiring feats of athleticism, acrobatics, or physical force. So my boon of iron does not trigger. Yeah, I'm not doing any of those for a while. Alan sat down without groaning. How does that not count? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my major ideals. I address challenges with cunning, subterfuge, or deceit. No, this was a lot of being honest. Yeah. I think the most cunning thing I did was realize that me talking was wrong, let Alan, but yeah. But I don't know if that's going to count. Nah, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. I expressed my heritage, background, or beliefs through my actions? No? Again, words count. Okay. I did express concern for Harrison Armory briefly there. I was, I was like, oh, this means we can kick them the fuck out and we don't have to deal with their shit? Okay. Everything my good friend John Lucas told me about Harrison Armory sounds like someone I don't want on my planet. So. Also, maybe also Horus. Yeah, maybe also Horus. Depends. They're giving me cool mechs, but uh, they, they might not be a great fit. So, if Bobbin will allow that, that can be a yes. Be a bunch of cyber sex perverts. I struggled with issues from my burdens or background. Not really. My minor ideal. I obtained a guarded, hidden, or secret object or piece of information. I think, like, 
hidden? Nobody ever brought it up, but also, like, I feel like the revelation that base is connected to the uh, galaxy at large, it was either hidden, maybe not secret, but definitely hidden from the rest of Delphi, essentially. It is concealed in general from foreigners. That's not something they want outsiders to know about, mostly because those outsiders tend to come back later with large hammers. Okay, so that's at least one. I don't know if you're counting the heritage background or beliefs as a yes or not. Honestly, I, I feel like uh, giving you that one just for the IRL AFK. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can do the um, IRL AFK as my boon of chaos, which is uh, if there's a particularly funny or chaotic moment in the first scene, describe it, give someone who's part of Final Chaos 1 XP, and I only need 1 XP before I level up, so if you don't want to give me that, give it to me for that, I can, uh... Well, I can give you the boon of chaos for ripping a carrot out of the ground and trying to eat it without yeah. cleaning it <laughs> off first. Yep, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> I have hit... I hit my 8. Colin, I, I fucking love that your boon is just an excuse. It creates an excuse to have our dumb off-topic bits be canon. <laughs> it's very good. Hey, let's... Why does everybody like carrots? This tastes disgusting. Connor? Connor, you need to get the dirt off of it first, honey. <laughs> it's all gritty. <laughs> okay. Address challenges with precision, coldness, or intimidation. No, not really. I express my heritage, background, or beliefs through my actions. I don't think I did. Did you have any commentary to offer? Like I said, words count this time. I'm trying to think of anything that would count for that. Well, I can't come up with anything, so I'm still going to say no. I struggled with issues from my burdens or background. Uh, yeah. I had trouble sitting and standing and walking and being still. Yeah, I guess. So that one counts. And my minor ideal was I got someone to back down or back off. That really didn't happen this session. Okay, one experience point for me. Where does that put you? Uh, six out of eight. Uh, if it was seven, I would have squeezed something through, but the gap is too wide. Like throwing a hot dog down a train tunnel. Christ. Let that one linger for a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's not my job to follow it up. As it is, the experience done, I believe that brings an end to tonight's session. But before I sign off, I, I guess I have one little back pat to give myself, which is that I feel happy that you are so disturbed and worried about Harrison Armory, because that is the correct response to that organization. <laughs> yes, everything I, everything out of character I've learned about Harrison is uh, not good. And with that, thank you everybody for joining, for listening, for being here, and I hope I'll see you all again next time.